welcome back to In the Labyrinth of Death. My name is Finn. And I'm Marina. This week, we're talking about moose attacks. And I recognize that I sound like the Crypt Keeper. I've got a vat of tea here with me. I've been sick for like a week, but we're going to get through it. When I first started researching this episode, I figured that winter would be the best time to cover moose attacks. Because I just assumed it's winter and there's moose everywhere. But it turns out that moose attack season is basically all year, but for different reasons, which we'll get into later. As always, remember, we're not experts of any kind. We just really don't want to die, and we like researching and talking about it. So please listen to the full disclaimer at the end of the episode, and don't sue us, we're just two regular people. This week, our story is about Bridget Watkins and her mushing team, Kenalana Hill. Bridget's awesome, she lives in Alaska, she's a mom, she's a nurse, and she has a dog sled team that races in the Iditarod. On February 4th, 2022, Bridget was going on a 52-mile practice run with her mushing team, She was out there with two groups of dogs and two vehicles. Six of the dogs were attached to a snowmobile that was supporting her, and she had at least four dogs harnessed to her sled. So there was Bridget on her sled, and then she also had a friend on the snowmobile with the other dogs. So Bridget was in front, and she and her sled team came upon a large bull moose. The details aren't super clear, but my understanding is that almost immediately, the bull moose charged Bridget and her team. She ran back behind the snowmobile with her friend, but the moose just kept charging her. She emptied her 38 caliber gun into the moose, but it had, like, basically no effect. The moose stopped charging two feet short of the snowmobile before turning back toward the dogs harnessed to the sled. So in that time, Bridget cut loose the six dogs that were attached to the snowmobile, but then they had to watch in horror as her sled team was trampled by the moose. The bull moose kicked and stomped on the dogs for an hour standing guard over the dogs when it wasn't actively attacking them. Bridget later said, I never felt so helpless in my life. He would not leave us alone, and he even stood over top of the team, refusing to retreat. Out of bullets and options, Bridget and her friend did the only thing they could. They phoned friends for help. I'm not sure in the details, but either Bridget or one of her friends she called got in contact with the Alaska State Troopers, who actually began readying a helicopter to reach the team. Luckily, before the helicopter even took off, One of Bridget's friends showed up with a rifle and killed the moose. The team of dogs had been trampled, and they were rushed to the North Pole veterinarian. Their names were Flash, Bill, Bronze, and Hefe. Flash had the worst injuries. Bridget posted on the team's Facebook, quote, He was stomped in the head and had a major head injury. Bronze underwent emergent surgery last night to repair internal organ damage. Bill had a rear leg broken half and just got out of surgery to stabilize. Hefe was stapled up, wounds cleaned, and soft tissue damage evaluated. The rest of the team is home, inside, and recovering. End quote. It originally seemed that all four dogs who were injured would fully recover, including Flash, but I went on kind of a deep dive on the racing team's Instagram and Facebook, and it turns out that Flash came home and appeared to have been recovered, but in September, Bridget posted that Flash began seizing suddenly and died in her arms. And he was her first dog in the team. And I'm officially going to hate Mooses forever because he didn't end up making a full recovery and unfortunately passed away months later. Bridget posted a really heartbreaking and frightening image of the moose standing over her dogs while they were still harnessed to the sled. And she spoke about receiving backlash for not having been better prepared for a moose encounter while she was out racing her dogs or practicing with her dogs. She said, quote, people have a lot of negative comments about what I should or should not have done, but they're not the people on the back of that sled. It's not that I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared to kill a moose. It's not my intention to go around in February and hunt and kill an animal. This is like a worst-case scenario defending my life. She has since upgraded to a higher caliber gun. 
Her final line on the initial post about the moose attack stated simply, Musher advice, carry a bigger gun. Oh, and last thing, the moose, apparently they donated the meat to charity, even though I'm not sure what charity accepts fresh moose meat, but I think that's kind of cool. Remind me again, where did this take place? Alaska. So this reminds me of our first podcast about bears where there was a similar attack from a bear, obviously, and the guys took down that bear with a rifle. I feel like at this point, we have enough data points where if I were to be like an Alaskan native or a transplant, I would have a rifle anywhere I went that was not like real civilization, if that makes sense. I think a lot of people probably do. She said in an article I read that the reason she didn't carry one initially is because a lot of times they just try to scare off the wildlife Mm -hmm. and a lot of mushers will carry just a flare gun. She had a real gun with her. It just wasn't enough to take down the moose because she wasn't expecting like a moose to trample them. I think just for me, kind of similar how to you when you think about the worst case scenario and being prepped for it, like you have a fucking taser when you go on a dog walk. I would be prepped for moose, grizzly bears, fucking dinosaurs. I don't care what you name it. I would just want to have like the beefiest gun with enough ammunition as I could possibly carry just in case because apparently nothing good happens in Alaska. Like Alaska is the Australia of the US. I think Alaska's awesome, dude. I think it's so cool. I'm not dissing Alaska. I'm just saying that, man, there are big fucking animals you need to worry about in Alaska. So what is a moose? This question actually really confused me when I was researching. Moose are the largest extant member of the deer family, and they're in the New World deer subfamily. Their scientific name is Alsis Alsis, I think. That part's easy enough, but apparently elk are also Alsis Alsis. The Wikipedia article says that moose is the North American term and that elk is the Eurasian term for the same animal. And this is really confusing as an American because in North America, we have another kind of deer called the American wapiti that we call an elk here. So basically, alces alces is moose in North America, elk in British English, elk in German, elg in Swedish, like A with an umla, LG, and elan in French. So whatever you call it, we're talking about the really big boy deer that's going to trample you to death if you feel threatened. If they feel threatened. (laughs) Not you. I would feel threatened. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm trying to get this straight. Even though they have the same scientific name for basically the same animal, does the moose in North America have the same kind of antler as an elk in Eurasia? Yes, they are the same animal. I'm sure there are different subspecies. Like, I read that the Alaskan subspecies of moose slash elk, European elk, is the largest. They can be, like, almost seven feet tall at the shoulder as opposed to, like, six or six and a half feet tall at the shoulder. So they're all the same species. They all have that same, like, moose antler that you're thinking of. It's just that over in England, they call them elk, even though elk over here in the U.S. is a different kind of big deer. Because I also always thought that Eurasian elk had pointy antlers and moose no matter where you slice it have like kind of stubbier rounder antlers no you're picturing the north american elk okay yeah so like a more like deer elk the elk you're picturing have the multi-pointed horns and the white butt like a stag like bambi's dad that is not that is not the european elk that is a north american elk which is a different totally separate deer species okay we're talking like the fan Antlers with like the nubby ends. Yes. They're very wide, very broad, stubby ended Mm -hmm. antlers. That's the moose or the European elk. Oh, okay. That's news to me. 
Yeah, they're everywhere. We'll get into it in a little bit. From what I looked up, moose are absolutely fucking massive. They stand at around six and a half feet tall at the shoulder on average. So for someone like me, I have to look up just to see their shoulder, which is fucking crazy. And apparently they weigh up to 1,800 pounds too, which is almost a square ton. Yeah, and like I was saying earlier, the Alaskan subspecies, the females are around 1,000 pounds, the males 1,400 and up, and they're extra tall there. They're almost seven feet at the shoulder, like six foot 11 in some cases. Males, as we mentioned earlier, have antlers around five or six feet across. So again, about as long as I am tall on their fucking heads. Yeah, and interestingly, this is just a side note, females can get antlers as well, but that's normally a sign of hormonal imbalance. So just because you see antlers doesn't mean it's necessarily a male. And likewise, a male that's been castrated or that has a hormonal issue may grow irregular and asymmetrical antlers. They actually look super freaky, so Google if you're curious. I'll see if I can find like a royalty-free version to post. And their antlers, regular antlers and diseased antlers, are going to increase in width with age. And so rather than getting a bunch of different like points like other species of deer as they age, they're just going to get broader and broader. That's pretty cool. I feel like if I was a hunter, I'd really want to seek out those like asymmetrical moose antlers because they'd be really special to hang up. Honestly, they look freaky. They look deformed. They'll be like one half looks kind of okay. The other half is like withered. It looks like something out of a fairy tale. It's terrifying. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I definitely want to mount that on my wall instead of like a normal like symmetrical (laughs) set of antlers. Moose also have cloven hooves. So think of like the devil and his like goat feet. And they also have vestigial dew claws. So there's like little, if you have dogs, the little like thumb claws up higher up on the ankle. So cloven hooves, vestigial dew claws, and on soft ground, you can actually see the imprint of the dew claw in addition to the two parts of the hooves. And on firm ground, and this is interesting, you're only going to be able to see the dew claw of a male moose. And I'm guessing that's because they're so much heavier than like a cow or a calf. So if you're out there and you see like the cloven hoof with the dew claw on like something that's like really like solid hard ground, that should give you a clue that there's probably a bull moose around. So be extra, extra careful. Moose also have a big hump and a vestigial tail, and it's pretty much useless for flies. They have to get into the water in the summer to avoid getting bitten. Both males and female moose also have a dangly fold of skin under their chins like a turkey. This is called the dewlap or the bell. And as you can probably expect, moose are pretty fucking fast. They can run at about 30 miles an hour with bursts up to 35 miles an hour. And they can also trot indefinitely at like 20 miles an hour, which is just crazy. You can't outrun them. I saw a video on YouTube where a mother moose was with its two calves on a road, basically blocking a truck from going down the road. And the truck kept kind of like get closer and closer to kind of go around them. And they ended up just pushing the mooses down the road, like the whole way in front of them. And then the mother moose got really angry and started attacking the truck. They were finally able to kind of like get away with the moose on the side of them and start accelerating. But as they were accelerating, the moose also accelerated and it kind of kept speed with the car for like insanely long. I've also seen videos of moose like basically leaping through the snow. So don't expect them to slow down in a deep snow drift either because that's like basically their natural habitat. Moose are also pretty fucking good swimmers. They can swim multiple miles at a time. So definitely do not jump in a body of water if you're trying to get away from one. Okay, one horrifying fact I read is that moose can submerge themselves underwater for up to 30 seconds, basically making them like Jason, because in my head, you could be out on a lake, like in a canoe, and then a moose suddenly emerges beside you. So that's just like straight up nightmare fuel for me. 
And remember that moose eat both terrestrial and aquatic plants. So I think this is probably why they can be submerged in the water for so long, because they're like literally down there finding like plant life to eat. Now, I have a question for you, Finn. Can you guess how many calories a moose has to eat in a single day? Well, remember, they weigh a ton. So I would say uh, like probably 30,000 calories. It's a little bit less, actually, about 23,000 calories. But I read that actually works out to be like 70 pounds of vegetation for like a male in a whole day. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is actually wild. I can't even imagine. That's like 10 times what people eat in a day. I don't think people eat seven pounds of salad in a day. It's a ton. Unlike other species of deer, moose are not social at all, which is something that is news to me as well. The males may fight each other in the mating season called the rut that runs throughout September through October. After mating, the males and females actually just ignore each other. After a year of tending to their young, the mother moose begins ignoring those babies as well. Also, moose terminology, males are called bulls, females are called cows, and babies are called calves. But every time I say cow or even write cow, I think of like an actual cow cow. So whenever you see it in here or whenever we talk about it, I'm going to say a moose cow rather than just cow because in my head when I say cow, I think like a milk cow. In terms of where milk <laughs> In terms of where moose fit on the food chain, moose are mainly killed by wolves, but they're also killed by bears sometimes. Wolverines on occasion, Siberian tigers in like Russia, and even orcas, which are killer whales, when they're out swimming. They're also hunted obviously by humans to varying degrees around the world. And if they're not killed by predators or they don't succumb to the numerous parasites they're vulnerable to, moose can actually live 15 to 20 years in the wild, so don't go making any, like, moose enemies. So I know we touched upon this a little bit earlier in the episode, but where do moose typically live? Moose live all over, like, the top quarter of the world in temperate to subarctic environments. So think of the globe and then, like, zoom in on the northern hemisphere and then divide the northern hemisphere in two horizontally. And the top half of that is basically where moose live. So you'll see them all over like Alaska and Canada. They even go down, like dip into Colorado, all the Nordic countries, Poland, Russia. Apparently they even go as far down as Germany. So like basically everywhere that's pretty chilly. But if you're listening from the UK, you're actually safe from what you call elk, unless you go on holiday somewhere colder or you invent a time machine and go back 8,000 years. Apparently, more people are killed by moose than by bears or wolves. Five to ten people are killed by moose in Alaska every single year. And remember, there's a lot of moose out there. There are over 2,500 moose in Colorado alone. And I've read somewhere that moose and human interactions are increasing. And as that increases, that means that the risk of a moose attack is also increasing just because you're around each other more often. Speaking of moose and human interactions, I found that moose were almost completely unthreatened in terms of conservation. So like bears, like mountain lions, there's basically no issue with hunting moose about them being killed or any of that kind of stuff. So that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I saw everywhere that moose is basically increasing in population. And they were reintroduced into places like Colorado where they didn't exist before. And now there's like tons of them, including like moving into the suburbs. One thing I found that was interesting, though, was On the Swedish website, they offer like moose hunting trips so you can go and like kill moose in Sweden. But 
one thing that's interesting is that they noted on their website that so many moose are hunted there that the average lifespan for a male moose is like five to 10 years instead of 15 to 20 because they get hunted so frequently. Apparently, megafauna, especially in Northern America, or I should say North America, Northern North America is a better term. They apparently are at the top of the food chain for many different reasons. So it seems like the bigger you are, the less likely you are to be endangered, which is interesting because you would think that in a lot of other places, it's the opposite. If you're an elephant, you're fucked. If you're whales, you're fucked. If you're tigers, especially, you're fucked. Or polar bears. Yeah, that too. Well, no, I think polar bears are not endangered. Oh, yes, they are, my friend. No, I'm looking that up right now. They are definitely endangered, dude. They're vulnerable, according to Wikipedia. They're not doing as well. I think the difference, though, is that polar bear need meat to survive, whereas because they can eat both, like, earthly vegetables. (laughs) Earthly vegetables. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. I'm losing my mind. Because they can eat like terrestrial plants as well as like aqueous plants. What's the term? Underwater plants. Underwater plants. (laughs) They can eat land and water plants. So their diet's very broad. Right? Whereas omnivorous. They're omnivorous. Well, no, they're not omnivorous. They only eat plants. Who are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) What animal are we talking about? Talking about moose. Okay. Like talking about bears, like non polar bears. No. You're just stuck in bear mode. I'm talking about moose. Moose can eat a large variety of plants. There are yes. many plants. Therefore, yeah, and they're moose tall are less, too. And they're tall. They can reach up high. Exactly. Therefore, if you guys have ever seen a video of a moose standing on its hind legs, it's horrifying because it's like 16 feet they're in the like fucking dinosaurs. air. They're, yeah, they're huge. So I think that's why moose, despite their size, are doing so well. If that makes any sense, because they have such a wide diet of things that they can eat. That's a good point. And I actually cannot think of not a competitor, if that makes sense. But I guess that's the best word I can come up with, like a competitor for moose in those ecosystems. Because what do you have? You have moose and deer. What else is it? Rabbits? Rabbits can't reach trees. And they're the biggest fucking deer out there. So there's no other deer who can like stand on its hind legs like a dinosaur. It's like a giraffe syndrome kind of thing. Like the, the giraffes have their pick of the trees, apparently. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Moose don't really have any real competitors, so they can just spread the fuck out and eat everything. Now that we have a pretty good understanding of the moose ecology and where it fits in the ecosystem, let's get into why, how, when, and where moose attacks happen. Like I mentioned earlier, moose attacks can happen basically at any time of year. In the fall, the bulls are aggressive because they're fighting and it's mating season. In the winter, apparently, moose can get aggressive because they're hungry and exhausted from walking in the deep snow. In spring and summer, this is the one that scares me the most, the cows are aggressive because they have their calves with them. And one thing I read in several places was, remember that every moose has a different threshold for when it kind of switches to aggression, and it may take a lot more provocation to make one moose try to murder you, and then for another moose, they might just go straight to murder. So if you've been around a moose before and been okay, that doesn't mean that the moose in front of you is also going to be okay. To me, that sounds like every single month and every single day of the year, moose are going to be pissed off at you for a different reason. Yeah, basically. Apparently, the worst are going to be the mating season and then when they have calves. And I was like, okay, cool. That means that winter is safe. And it's not because they're like slowly starving to death and they're miserable. And like everyone else, they are angry and murderous when they're miserable. Yeah, long story short, they're never going to be in a good mood when you see them, so just stay the fuck away. I actually have one anecdote about 
a moose who was in a good mood. So basically, it was like a horse and carriage race in Sweden. And one guy, he found a baby moose when it was its mother died and it couldn't have survived. And he like raised this moose in Sweden and he like hooked the moose up to a carriage and they won the race across ice. And then he got like a trophy. So there is one moose in the whole history of moose that was not a shit moose. And that was that one moose in Sweden. Let's get back to murder. Give me a good play by play of what happens in a typical moose attack. So if you're lucky, a moose that feels threatened by you is just going to flee like a regular fucking deer. If you're less lucky, you're going to get charged by the moose. And chances are it's going to be a bluff charge, at least initially, but you need to take cover anyway. And if it's not a bluff charge, you're in trouble. Once it charges you, if it makes contact, it's going to kick you with its two front feet to try to get you on the ground. And then once you're on the ground, it's going to continue to stomp you with all four of its hooves. We'll get into what to do in a little bit, but just imagine the force that a hooved animal weighing more than a thousand pounds can exert when it's stomping on you with all four legs. And just to stress how important this is, this moose, this hypothetical moose, weighs a ton. So divide a ton by four hooves, that's about 500 pounds per leg. So you're getting stomped with at least 1,000 pounds of pressure on your spine, your legs, your arms, you're going to become a quadriplegic if you get stomped by one of these animals. So take this very seriously. This is why more people are killed by moose than bears or wolves. They are no fucking joke. Now that we've established how much fucking hurt a moose can put on you, let's talk about what you can do to prevent this from happening in the first place. You want to maintain a safe distance away from the moose. One really important thing to remember is that moose may not run away like other deer. So don't tempt fate, just stay the fuck away and don't make it think that you could be a threat. And then you want to keep an eye on it and watch its behavior. If its ears are flattening back, it's licking its snout and it's raising its hackles like those long guard hairs on its hump, you need to run and take cover because you are about to be trampled. You want to make sure you keep your dogs on a leash. If your dog is off leash and it runs into a moose, it's probably going to like panic when it sees the moose and run back to you, which is just going to draw the moose back to both of you. And this is important. Moose's primary predator, like we said, is wolves. And they have really shit eyesight, apparently. So when they see dogs, they think that they're wolves and they react super strongly and aggressively towards them. I saw a lot of stories about moose attacking people with their dogs. So no matter what you're doing, make sure your dog's on a leash for your sake and theirs. In one example, in June 2022, a couple and their dog were attacked by a moose on the West Magnolia Trail in Nederland, Colorado. They'd only gone three quarters of a mile down the trail when they came upon the moose, and unfortunately it was a mother cow with her calf. So the moose cow attacked the group and their dog, injuring everybody but most seriously the man. The local sheriff's department was called, and while they were trying to evacuate the man and also save the woman and the dog, the moose just kept coming back and charging and charging. She charged them twice, and each time a sheriff's deputy shot her with beanbags. And then when she finally charged them a third time, they were forced to actually shoot and kill her. And they had to find the calf after that because they knew it wouldn't survive in the wild without its mother. It took a while, but they did eventually find the calf and they turned it over to the veterinary staff. But I don't know if it ended up surviving or not. I couldn't dig that up. If you're somebody who lives in, like we said, that upper quarter of the Northern Hemisphere, if you're letting your dog out into the yard, make sure that it's a well-lit yard and that you check it out yourself so that there's no moose out there. A surprised moose is definitely not a good thing for your dog. 
If you see a moose on the road or chilling or even leaning up against your house or resting somehow, don't try to get it to leave. You may just make it angry and then you've got an angry moose instead of a chill resting moose. If you can, try to wait for the moose to move away of its own accord, which apparently can take up to half a fucking hour. If you can't wait, which is completely understandable, you may be able to scare it off with just a sharp noise. This isn't going to work as well if the moose is habituated to humans, though, so you do run the risk of pissing it off. If you absolutely have to go around the moose, like it's in your pathway and you have to get from point A to point B and there's a moose in the middle, make sure you're not blocking the moose's escape and also keep something like trees or a car between yourself and the moose because a moose's mood can change like fucking that and you want to have something in between you and the moose when it decides it wants to kill you. Also, as a side note, you're in a really, really bad place if you find yourself near a calf and you don't see the mama. The best case scenario for you but not for the calf is that the mama is dead. If it's not, you may be standing between her and her baby, in which case you are seriously about to get trampled. There's no two ways about it. Like, there is no universe in which you are not about to get fucked up by an incredibly, incredibly pissed off mama moose. And I actually want to listen to any stories that people have of firsthand accounts where they did not get fucked up by a mama moose in this situation. So if you have that kind of story, please reach out to us either on Instagram or at our Gmail, and we'd love to read it. So if a moose does see you, You want to get as much distance and obstacles between yourself and the moose as possible as quickly as possible. You can also try bear spray. The same mother-calf-moose duo that attacked the couple with the dog in Colorado had actually ran into a lone mountain biker like shortly before it attacked the couple and the dog. And the mountain biker kept trying to keep distance between himself and the moose, the mom, and the baby. But the calf kept trying to follow him. He actually has it on video. You can see it. He's like backing up and this thing keeps fucking following him and the mom's getting angrier and angrier. And he ended up having to discharge half a bottle of bear spray at them in order to get away. And he thinks it was the bear spray that actually saved him from being attacked in the first place. So if the moose decides to charge you, this is kind of weird. I feel like a lot of the time with wild animals, you're advised to look big and intimidating or you're supposed to like lie down and play dead and act like you're not a threat. It is not at all the same advice for a moose. Moose are like completely aberrant. If a moose is charging you, you're advised to run away, like literally run as fast as you can, and then get behind something big like a rock or a tree or a car or something. Moose are apparently not likely to chase you very far, so you may actually be able to run to safety, but be sure to keep something between you and the moose at all times because remember, they are much faster than you are. I wonder how moose are receptive to quick changes in direction. So let's say that it's chasing you towards like a lodge or a cabin and you make a 90 degree dash around the corner, will it like turn that corner as fast as you or will it kind of be confused and not follow? Does that make sense? I honestly don't know. I thought you were going to ask if you should zigzag. I'm assuming that if it's like a clear path, you shouldn't because that'll slow you down. But if it's like heavy brush or vegetation where there's also trees and stuff like that, I wonder if you should be weaving between the trees and stuff because it's going to be harder to turn versus you when you're like on two feet and you can turn on a dime, basically. Okay, they are pretty fucking nimble. So I don't know if that'll save you, but in your example with going in 90 degrees around the lodge, you should do that because at least for a brief moment, the lodge is between you and the moose. So at every moment, having something between you and the moose is a good thing. 
whether yeah. or not they're able to pivot and follow you. I don't know, but just keeping that thing in between you and the moose is a good thing to do. Yeah, I'm just wondering if like breaking line of sight is also suggested, or is it so fucking fast that it doesn't matter? I'm not sure if there's like studies on that. I mean, 35 miles an hour, if it's close enough to feel threatened by you, it's it's going to be pretty fast. It's going to be on you fast. Let's say the moose has decided it is going to charge you and it catches up to you, like I said, very, very quickly. The first thing it's going to do is kick you with its front hooves, likely knocking you onto the ground. At this point, you need to curl up into a ball and protect your neck and the back of your head because it's just going to keep stomping and stomping until it's sure you're no longer a threat. And once the moose is done stomping, stay curled up in a ball way longer than you think you need to. The moose is going to only stop stomping because it thinks you're no longer a threat, but if you get back up, it's going to think you're still a threat and come back and just fucking stomp you again. So just stay there until the moose is like well away. I did see one source say that if you've been knocked down and you can get back up quickly to do that and then try to put the obstacle in between you again, I think the advice to stay curled up in a ball is if the moose is still on top of you. So just small note of clarification there. If you can still get away after being knocked down, do that because if you don't, you're going to be trampled. But if you're being trampled, stay in that ball until the moose is gone, gone. Let's get into how moose attacks are portrayed in the media. So we were having a hard time finding any depictions in film or TV, which is crazy because like we mentioned earlier, moose attacks happen way more than bear or wolf attacks. The only thing that comes to mind for me is in that show where something bit me. Oh, yeah. There was an Alaskan woman who was clearly trampled by one of the moose, and she just had to sit there, technically lay there face down, and she was actually attacked a second time because it came back around. Yeah, that's important. Moose will attack you, leave and come back if they still think you're a threat. So that's why you want to stay on the fucking ground. I think in that case, I could be wrong, but I think she got up because she thought it was gone. And that's what triggered it to come back. Or she could have just laid there and it just was angry. I think it doesn't matter. I think she was so much in pain that she was just laying there. Oh, it's awful. And it just yeah. came back around anyways. And I think in that particular scenario, it took one of her neighbors, which in Alaska, like your neighbors could be like miles away or something. One of her neighbors came back and shot the moose. I think that's how a lot of these stories end. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? They're just going to keep fucking you up. Yeah. And I think it's going to be like documentaries like that where you see moose featured. I couldn't find any movies that featured moose attacks. But if we missed one, let us know and we'll go watch it because I'm really curious. Here's some last discussion points. Don't feed the moose because number one is probably illegal wherever you are. And number two, it'll actually encourage them to be around people more than they otherwise would, which is going to increase the chance that someone's going to be attacked. And number three, moose are super shitty because they'll take food from you and then try to trample you to death. Like, I can't imagine that happening to you. It's absolutely crazy to think about. So remember, they're massive, one-ton animals. They're incredibly big. They're incredibly stupid. And they have the most mercurial temperament that I've read so far of any animal. The moose can go from chill to insanely violent and murderous in a matter of seconds. There's also a risk of hitting a moose with your car which isn't strictly a moose attack, but something you should be aware of because you're actually more likely to die by moose in your car in an accident versus being killed by a moose. Apparently, there are more than 800 reported moose vehicle collisions every year in Alaska alone, so be vigilant out there. 
Moose are most likely to be active at dawn and dusk, which is unfortunately when it's hardest to see them because moose's fur is pretty dark. And you have to be especially careful because moose eyes don't glow like deer eyes do. And when I first read that, I assumed that that meant that moose eyes didn't glow because they didn't have a tapetum lucidum, but they actually do have one. It's just weirdly positioned in the eye. So unless you're shining a light directly at it, you're not going to get anything more than kind of a reddish glow, as opposed to like that bright glow you're going to see with a deer. And also moose heads are way bigger than deer heads are. So your headlights may not actually illuminate them, like both of them at the same time, and the moose head's like way up in the air. So it's actually probably out of range from where your headlights are. So you don't get like those glowing eyes like you do before you hit a deer. Keep an eye at the edges. And at some areas like in Alaska, they'll trim the forest way the fuck back so you have better visibility. So just be super aware. Look out for signs that there could be moose there. Moose can also get something called chronic wasting disease, which is a prion disease. If you're hunting and eating deer and moose, you already know this. But for people who don't, do not eat untested moose meat. Chronic wasting disease hasn't been shown to be dangerous in humans, but prions can take decades or even centuries to show up. So I personally would not take the chance. Unless you found the secret to immortality, I think it's going to either be decades before a prion disease shows up or you're just going to not get one. But regardless, recent studies have indicated that chronic wasting disease may be transmitted to macaque monkeys, but other studies have been contradictory, so it's still up in the air if humans could get it, but like Finn said, it's just not worth the risk. That's all we have this week on moose attacks. Don't forget that we have a website, inthelabyrinthofdeath.com. You can also reach us at inthelabyrinthofdeath on Instagram. Follow us, leave us a review wherever you listen, we'd really appreciate it. Tune in next week for a new episode of In the Labyrinth of Death. In the meantime, send us your near misses with death or moose to inthelabyrinthofdeath at gmail.com. We'll see y'all next week. Happy New Year. This podcast is researched and presented by enthusiasts, not experts, and is for entertainment purposes only. None of the content you have heard is meant to be taken as legal, medical, financial, survival, or any other kind of advice. Please consult with actual professionals.